everybody. I am Mr. Sawblade Head, and here with the local favorite. Bob. Ram Nation 58, Mr. Bob Moffat, former co-host, uh, co I suppose. I'm going to get back on board and see if I can't support you guys. I hope so. Everybody's been everybody's been wanting to know. I know. That's one of the questions. Matter of fact, i got to find out who asked the question, because I know everybody's always asking. Oh, here it is. From Kurt Well, this is from Instagram, and he wants to know, where did he go? Why did he leave? And did he do something wrong? And well, matter of fact, you did something wrong. That's the reason why Bob left because you upset him. <laughs> and he's really, and this is, no, I'm no. just kidding. You know, Curse, let me, I, I want to do just a sit down fireside chat, make me a necktie out of this caution tape or something here. I want to answer that, but I want to do it just in a, you know, heartfelt one on one type thing. It won't be that long and it's brief and there's no, nothing really wrong. It's just stuff happened, you know. The stars weren't lined up, I say. I don't know. Is that, is that another way to explain it? So, Curse Wells, I will get on that. It'll be a separate video, and it's going to probably be aired on this channel. It'll be aired on Let's Weld Something, which is another channel I'm involved in and based out of Chicago, Blue Demon, Weld Material Sales. So, I will answer that. Briefly, it's just I've, I've stayed home to teach my class at the college fulfill my requirements there i've since retired from the college i have not i'm a free agent now i got a story to tell so I, I feel like i can get to work and do what i need to do really so where do we start are we going to go with I instagram want, first yeah i'm gonna start with instagram this is the reason why i want to do this question this is from uh, josh sparks uh, 811 now when i was growing up my dad's little shop and i was a little kid i used to take I didn't know that what you guys had called it was Texas TIG. I used to do the same thing with the take stick, an extra of the actual stick, knock all the flux off just because I thought that was kind of cool to hit when I was a little kid to hit all the crunchy stuff off. And my dad would set me up stick welding. I'm like, just grab this thing. And I was playing with just for whatever reason, it was just playing with the two rods. Decades later, I found that that's what you guys call Texas TIG. There's, so he, a, there's a lot of nicknames. Yeah. So he, I mean, we just called it Texas TIG. Yeah, and there's. So, we did a video on it. Not, I don't remember what year it was, but man, we we just got through welding on some nasty, rusty stuff. And by the way, I found out that was a poop tube that you kept <laughs> in the back of your camper. That was what I was welding on. That's what had that stank about it. Thanks a lot, man, Cub. Uh, anyway, the Texas TIG came about from filling up big gaps, and you know you can do it with you can do it with MIG and a piece of filler wire. You can do it with two stick electrodes. You can do it. There's a number of different things you can do with it. And there's other nicknames for it too. And if you go back to that video and look at some of the comments, there's some cool nicknames mm -hmm. in there about what that's actually <laughs> called. But for filling up gap, man, that's what it's for. Now, a couple of different methods. You said you used it because you were playing around. I was just playing around with it. And, that, and I actually- and By the way, did somebody have you bend those, knock all that fluxy stuff off over your neck? Yeah. And you've been in that's that's it, kind of a new movie joke. That little crunchy stuff. Well, they put two or three rods together and say they I bet you can't bend those over your neck. And when they do, all that stuff goes down there. Anyway. <laughs> uh Texas TIG. You know, there's multiple ways of doing this. Yes, you can fill a big old honking gap going uphill and just kind of build it in there and chase it back and forth and fill it up. You can run multiple stringer beads in something and eventually close it up. The whole thing you want to be careful of is what's it for? If it's for a critical code job, you probably shouldn't be doing it. You probably should be replacing that particular part that needs to be welded because <laughs> you're setting yourself up. Non-critical stuff, you can fill up. If you can step across it, you can weld it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's kind of the old adage in that. So Josh, appreciate. I think I answered that online, mm -hmm. partially, and I hope that helps. And if you still have a question, or if you still have some information, by all means, throw it out because we like to share all that good stuff. It's kind of a, it's kind of fun um, challenge. Yeah. Hey, there's a challenge. We could do an, we mm -hmm. could do an online challenge mm -hmm. and see how big a gap you could fill up. It's kind of like dirty tig. Uh, we've done mm -hmm. it filling up holes. Yeah. Of course, I've also cheated and put a piece of brass on the bottom side of a hole and just continuously weld it up. You know, there's all kinds of methods, and that's that's what this whole thing's all about—is sharing the info and the tricks that aren't written down anywhere. You know, mm -hmm. so let's go with uh, let's go with one here right off the top. Will you do the one chip challenge? And that's from one Zim. Well, 
Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm in. Let's you go a, to the next question. I, I thought you had a story where you guys did do a one-chip huh. challenge. No. You didn't? No, I used what, to do some the, stuff back in the day before these hot peppers were even invented, you know, but... No. That's our old, old Zim. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's one of our crew members. I'll I'll uh, I'll hook up with him. Yeah. All right, do, let's go to the weld.com app. But this is uh, at Cheap Dog. Any pointers to help my horizontal stick welds? Horizontal stick welds, short, steady arc run stringer beads. I mean, I've had a lot of people that'll create the groove. I nicknamed the horizontal weld the horrible zonal because everybody hates it. You mm -hmm. know, it's like your signature out here in space. It really is. And so you got to run the straight stringer beads. I've seen people try to weave, and some of the old timers mm -hmm. weave with the low hydrogen electrodes, not with the cellulose. The real old timers where I come from, and I've, I've had some interactions with my blokes down in Australia, we're always looking for those old time lacy welds like on gas meter stuff. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm talking about? Yep. Great big old welds. And then you see one that's horizontal, it looks like it's stacked in and diagonals it looks like they struck an arc put it down here and it struck an arc. man those guys are running the old time cellulose rods the red rods the original 60 tens 70 tens and it was it was cool that cap is like blown on there it really doesn't yeah. have a lot of reinforcement the weld's pretty much already made and we didn't i mean yeah api was alive back in those days but they're not high pressure welds per se we got some gas pressure on them but have you found that Come and talk about old timers. Like I said, my dad had all this, all this rod. Obviously, the rod that he's got. I went back to Ohio, and it's decade, yeah. decades old. Have you found that some of this, some of that older rod welds different than maybe some of the newer technology rods, or is it? Yeah, uh, you know, and cellulose rods in particular like moisture. Did mm -hmm. you know that? Yeah. Whereas the low hydrogens obviously don't, but then again, we've been in this lab and soaked a low hydrogen rod for 24 hours and welded with it. And, and, it, and it welded okay, and it really didn't, we tested it and it didn't, it wasn't doing a whole lot in the way of bleeding hydrogen afterwards. It just welded funny, funny color. The flux didn't act like it normally did. The cellulose rods, um, the cellulose rods, in the old days was the red rod. They actually welded a little bit better if they had some moisture around them. So you'd find some guys soaking them in a rag or wrapping them in a rag, dipping them in water and then welding with them. So we answered the Texas TIG. Yep. Uh, and then the next question was from Zarafa. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, X-E-R-A-P-H-A. Easiest way to fill gap with stick welding. I think that kind of tied into the Texas TIG, although you don't have to use that yeah. other piece of filler wire uh it doesn't have to be at the texas tig but multiple stringers spot stitch welds i've taken in the past i've seen guys and myself have done it too have taken a gap and put a bunch of tacks about yeah. half inch apart and so when you're welding it you you get up into that mass and it cools and get up into that mass and cool yep. instead of just blowing out into yep. a big hole. It gives you that extra metal uh, as, as the well. Filling big gap with stick, be patient. You know, that's that's one thing. Keep it clean. Wire buff in between your starts and stops and get the slag out of it. We have, uh, how do you pronounce that? Uh, Bobby, Bobby Droggers. J-O-R-O. Rogers. Oh, Bobby Joe Rogers, yep, my Bobby bad. I, you know, hey. <laughs> Ding the old guy, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bobby Joe Roberts. What's the importance of puddle control? Uh, everything. I mean, if you're just slobbering and daubing, you're not controlling, you're not welding anything, really. In my, in my opinion, that's my personal opinion, puddle control is everything. Yep. Learn to control it by starting out doing oxyacetylene. Push that puddle around mm -hmm. with the oxyacetylene, uh, and you really appreciate what the weld's doing. You'd be able to see it, read it, manipulate it, and then when you get to other welding processes, I don't care if it's MIG or stick or TIG, you're, you're already tuned in to watching the puddle. Very important to get proper fusion and into both pieces. I mean, puddle control is everything, yep. isn't it? I remember my uh, dad showed me, uh, showed me stuff and it was just kind of like, you know, it was just to watch that puddle. And as you're, 
as you, if you were be, if you were pulling and you would just watch this to make sure you're not going too fast. It's almost kind of like Pac-Man. You would you want that just right at that consistent distance. You didn't want it too far. You obviously didn't want it too close. So that was the before I even kind of really knew what I was doing. You I was could, just looking at the arc and looking at that little puddle and that little dot and make sure it was just following me just consistently. And it's actually look behind your yeah. source, you know, yeah. your stick weld, and you don't want to look right at the arc, you manipulate the rod. You want to watch that puddle behind the rod. And that's what's going on. So we have uh, Jacob Morgan is asking uh, some mirror welding shots. Can you do some mirror welding shots with 7018? You want to go after that one? I haven't done, I mean, do I've done, I've done the just out of just playing around. My dad would, like I said, my dad's like, you know, it's like you, unbelievably talented, numerous certifications. And he would tell me, talk to me about stories about him, you know, building choppers and do all this stuff. And he had to get under the boiler makers and getting underneath the stuff. And I was oh, like, well, how do you get all that stuff? And he would talk about bending rod and uh, doing that. And he was talking about mirrors and he would actually show me doing them with the mirror. And it's, it's all about, and before you even strike that arc, you have to run passes because everything what you would normally want to do is op Backwards. is op is yeah is opposite. So <laughs> it's, it's it messes with your mind. So you really have to play around with that. So obviously getting into positions where you're you just have to be comfortable. That's always the name of the game. But then also have to practice doing everything is what you're going to the left to right is the, is the total opposite. So it throws you off. And then once you get that and get that rhythm going, and it's. You know, I did a mirror. My last mirror weld, I think, was up in Schenectady, New York. Yeah, we put in a boiler. We pre-built the guts of the boiler, which was a helical coil. We, it was in an insulation plant. We went up and cut the convection box away from the coil, pulled the coil out, put a new coil in, put a new convection box in, and then I had to make, make that that mirroring weld up in the top. It rained all day. My butt was wet and I was sitting on a pallet, I think. I shocked the crap out of myself. I don't know how many times getting up. It ain't funny. You get laughing out of the way. Man, I'm telling you, it was, and it was a mirror weld because yeah. I'm sitting up there and I had to reach back behind and there's nothing. And you're right. It's everything you do is opposite in the mirror. So you mm -hmm. gotta, you gotta get in there and kind of practice that first. That's a good question there, Jacob Morgan 097. Uh, really, if you read that question that he sent in, it's like, or maybe it's the way it was interpreted and written for us. Can you do some mirror welding shots with 7018? I'd rather do shots and mirror welding. <laughs> what? <laughs> you want to do shots. <laughs> yeah. Do some shots for you, Jackie. Oh, man. Uh, is there any procedure for open root flux core? Well, you bet you there is. Maxwell Peckham. Maxwell Peckham. Yeah, there's procedures for open root flux core. You got to be careful. It's uh, it's one of those things you can you can drip out and leave a bunch on the backside, open root. Now that's different from the backing pad, you know, on, on a procedure. You can either create the lack of fusion, or you can create a bunch of hangy down things on the backside. So you got to be careful. And now, and what I mean, what kind of industry you would actually even do use that for? Well, actually, believe it or not, you can do it with piping. Uh, you can do it in piping trades. Generally, we'd do something like that on heavy wall, uh, schedule 80 and above, most generally. Uh, large diameter, you'd run, you can run the route on schedule 40s and stuff. And then the critical structural stuff, you can, there'll be some open, open routes for that. Hmm. Heavy structural, some heavy, heavier piping. Flux core is all about the depositions, the rate. I mean, you're pouring it in there like yeah. you pour it in there like butter. You can make some incredibly large welds in one pass if you're doing it correctly. Now, would that be the main advantage of doing that and that type of process is only because you just want to get a, a bunch of welding in one pass? Yeah, on the well, I mean, in my in my experience, it was with more of the structural. But in my my rollout or my piping was in the rollout, like prefab. I have used it in position quite a bit, but not in an open route. We usually did a TIG route and maybe a gas uh, gas metal arc welling fill. And if it was heavy, we'd do a couple of stringer beads or another fill pass and then stringer beads for a cap. Okay. But open route on any of that kind of stuff is just, it's it's all about the fit up. You can't go in and you can't go in. It's not, you're not going to set your machine hot in the same place yeah. all day, every day, because you can't, 
not like you can whip out of it like a stick. You're not mm-hmm. going to create a keyhole, whip out of it, and cool it off. It, you're running continuous. That's the only thing you can do is pull it back to decrease your amperage or weave wide when you're getting in trouble in a root. Unless somebody knows different, uh, again, please share. So, Next one is, do you have any tips on running 1 16th dual shield in the 3G position? Well, the 3G would be what? The vertical up? Vertical up and down. And this is from steel kneel with an underscore and a couple of periods on each side there. Mm-hmm. That's a, I've never seen that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 1 16th dual shield 3G. Hope you got enough material to, hope you got enough material thickness to run it because 1 16th is a hog wire, really. It might seem small, but you're running high volts, high amps on that puppy. 045, you can run 28, 29 volts. 1 16th dual shield. That's a lot of volts. You gotta have, gotta have a good machine to run that. Wire feed speed. I got a question. Does your wire feed speed go up or down when you get to a larger diameter? So we're running 035 wire and we switch to 045. If we run, want to run about the same amps, does it go up or down? Oops. If you're running hot and then, uh. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you're putting down a lot of material when you're on a 116th. So you better yeah. have some large steel, yes. large material that you're working with, not necessarily steel, but stainless. And well, if it's going to be that high, that would say we have to crank it up in order for that. 3G, uh, if it's a good dual shield, there's some wires. You just point it in the pool, point it on the leading edge of the pool. Do not flinch. And it'll make a really nice weld. As soon as you start stepping out mm-hmm. of it, if you get nervous and step out of it, it makes a mess. And then you got to get to know your grinder <laughs> again. Y'all bum buddy up yeah. again. All right, next one is from uh, Cold Roller 6.7. Where do I know that one from? Cold Roller. We got, do you scratch start a rig welding series in all positions? Well, I'm confused. Yeah. A rig welder, I mean, if you're just running off an engine drive, you're touch starting it all the time anyway, unless you got, yeah, the older ones, I've always just done a touch start with them like a SA200 or any of the other 300s, whatever, you're hooking up dry rig to your leads. You use your, put your ground clamp onto your power cable adapter and you use your electrode holder as a ground. Machine doesn't know the difference. You just switched it to straight polarity. That's that's how we've always done ours. Uh, So, co-roller that. I hope that answered that. (laughs) I didn't know if there's anything other than scratch start or touch start. We got one here. El Home. El Hombre no, Indivisible. A, okay. So I picked that so, one up quick, didn't I? Yeah, I couldn't even read it. All right. No, since this one's good. Now, can you do a 6G, 610, 718 monster coupon test upside down, blindfolded, one hand behind behind react, and a keyboard inspector? Hell yeah, in the I air. used to do that all yeah. day, every day, 80 yeah. feet in the air yeah. with one eye. Mm-hmm. You bet. Mm-hmm. While eating a snack. Who is this guy? I want to go visit him. That's the one I'm going <laughs> to do shots with and do, <laughs> do this other one up here. <laughs> He must have listened to me one time when I, I when I said, "Who's your camera guy?" Because there was people commenting on every little thing, and I said, "We're going to go up 80 feet, and you're going to hang me upside down in the well with one eye open because this is the most impossible thing." Hey, if it's 6G, I'm going to pick this apart now. If it's 6G and you turn it upside down, what is it? Well, it's still 6G, isn't it? <laughs> 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 blindfolded i look like i weld them blindfolded anyway in <laughs> one hand uh nah. and your keyboard inspector in your ear the whole time which one we got a bunch of them oh it's all good that's a good that's funny right there i don't care who you are that's funny uh let's go over to tiktok platform can you give some advice on feeding the wire just some old dude <laughs> You notice I write my own questions in here. <laughs> Feeding the wire. Um, now we can only assume that that is the TIG mm-hmm. process, right? Yep. We were just talking about this to somebody yesterday. Oh, the group that we taught uh, that came through. There's so many different ways of feeding wire. Hand me that piece of 116th right there, G. Thank you. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways of feeding the wire. You know, traditionally we've got people that'll do this. Mm-hmm. You can roll it in your fingers to get it out there. You, there's so many things. You be you can be like Rush Kane and do this. 
I stood right beside him over here across the wall one day, several years back and did collaboration. He was doing this cane grip thing. And I said, man, you need to market that. That is mm -hmm. like so cool. I watched him do three welds on aluminum and not one differed in ripple pattern. Mm -hmm. And he's feeding it from the side. I mean, this guy, I mean, he's just a machine, but, and that's comfortable for him. Mm -hmm. I've used it a lot. You know, it's a, it's a good, it's a good method. You're gripping it here, pushing it down, gripping it here, pushing it down. I didn't even know what to call it. Just brush cane, you know. Ever use the pencils? The what? I call them the mechanical pencils. I have. I have one over mm -hmm. here somewhere. I had it out yesterday. Yeah. Let me go Thanks. grab this thing. Keep going, though. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, no, keep rolling because it's right over here. I can smell it from here. Um, those things are pretty cool. And there's a couple of different types of them. One of them is a gripper. It just comes up and it kind of grips the wire pinches it like that and holds it at an angle. Mm -hmm. And I've had that one. I've had both of them since like the mid eighties. This one was patent pending from England or something. And I still use it for getting, I don't like getting my digits up in some corner somewhere, weird angle and pushing the wire up in there. And that one's good for that. But then the other one is, uh, the, the it's been redesigned as the dabs pin, the dabby pin. And it's one that has the double O ring in it. I bought one of these long time ago. 1986, I think it was, from a friend of mine that repaired the regulators, had a welding supply store. And I bought it because I thought, oh, yeah, I'll get that, and then I can backfeed. I can set that right down in the pipe bevel, you know, and mm -hmm. I can backfeed. Bull crap. I look, like a, I look like a monkey molesting a football, man. It's so bad. <laughs> you move a little bit up here, and it creates a lot of movement down, you know what I'm saying? Huh. Well, I mean, think about it. Here's a dot yeah. right there. I'm trying to hold it right over the dot. Mm-hmm. So I can do that, but like a full stick of, you know, if I'm trying to do that, plus feed the wire. And you see people that are impeccably good at it, like Travis Field and other guys. I mean, they're just a machine. I worked with a guy that that uh, he could take and hold on the end of a, a full length of filler wire and feed it through a piece of 12 inch pipe and maybe holding on to it up here and just looking down at the bottom. And I mean, perfectly still, there's no way I could do that. Still can't. So I got this thing and I was thinking, yeah, I'll get some of that thing going. And it works. It's, it's cool, but it doesn't work for everything. Mm -hmm. It's not grabbing onto this piece. That's for sure. Oh, there it is. So just by keeping your hand the same, you can roll this out as you need it. You know, again, I bought it thinking I could do something with it. Didn't work out for me, but they're, they're cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, material sales, sells these, Amazon, there's numerous people. I, that it's been redesigned as a cool functional item. I don't, you know, some people say this is cheating. I don't consider this cheating. Hmm. You know, if, if this is cheating, why do we have cold wire feeders for TIG? Yeah. Feed out wires. It's like MIG wire and it's sitting out here in front and man, you make robotic welds with it. That's, is that cheating? Come on, man, it's just welding. Gee whiz. You're going to say that somebody that uses one of these that's handicapped or, you know, has no mobility or maybe some appendage is missing. You're going to call them yeah. a cheater. Watch what you say, you know. Anyway, there, again, there's multiple methods of feeding. It's, and it's whatever you're comfortable with. Everybody welds different. Everybody's unique. Uh, you know, I learned, I, I learned off little kids are just starting out. I'm teaching them. I see something. I'm going, shit, I can do that. That's cool, mm -hmm. you know. And he learns from everybody. So advice on feeding wire, get comfortable, mm -hmm. be consistent, be smooth, pay attention to what's going on. If you make a mistake, don't wait till you made the entire weld to make an adjustment. Stop and get yourself comfortable and redo it. Man, I spent a lot of time on that question. That was a good one. All right, here we go. Let's do the next one there. Uh, right there. Any advice on how to keep the, uh, Cap more consistent with the TIG. Hey, Junie. Hey, Junie OR. Hey, Junior. Or, or something. Hey, hey Junior. junior. Yeah. TikTok. All right. TikTok. Keep the cap more consistent with the TIG. Well, yeah. Don't try to do too much. I see people trying to carry way too much material. Way too much material. And for width, don't keep it clean. Uh, that's the number one thing. I see a lot of people trying to trying to put caps on TIG piping or TIG. They get up to that spot and they 
they don't clean near enough. It needs to be super clean. Here's one thing I've seen and learned. You can take, uh, you wrap around or something and put soapstone and or, I said and or, put a couple of guidelines across with pencil. I don't believe your TIG root wants to go outside of your pencil marks, something a little bit of reaction with it. Kind of a heavy graphite in there and the, the, the metal doesn't want to wash out beyond that. Put some scribe marks in there where you're only going out to that point. You watch the edge of the pool and it goes right out to that point. Another thing that I can say about caps is let the material cool down to room temperature or thereabout. Don't try to weld it too hot. Keep it cool and be cool and be smooth, you know. Uh, next one is, uh, were you at a vote? Were you a Votech teacher in the Winfield, Kansas area? Sober Life of Lang. Of Lang. Sober Life so of Lang. Oh, yeah? Yep. Oh, Sober Life of Lang. Is that a song? Is that a band? What is it? I'm going to find it's out because the person's around my area here. Uh, yes and no. Technically, Cala County Community College and Votech, that is the title. Yes, I was. I was in Arkansas City, Kansas, Ark City. Uh, again, I just retired after 26 years of loyal service to that institution. Votech teacher went, yes, I was. So, no hiding that. Maybe you owe money. I might. Yeah. I think I paid all my money. I owe the guy, I don't say, I got a damn parking <laughs> ticket in St. Pete last right. night. You believe that? Dolly. Do we need to start a GoFundMe campaign? I uh, do. We've got to have a retirement fund and a GoFund my parking ticket fund. And, uh, man, it's getting brutal. Mm. Can you do a 60-10 route on a 5-30-second gap? I wouldn't do it downhill. I'd do it uphill. 5-30 seconds pretty long. That's not bad, really. The heavier the wall, the better. That's from uh, Mooseman Lou 50. See if you say it fast, it comes out better. Moose, man, L-U-5-0. Mooseman Lou 50, 5-30-second gap. What is 530 seconds? Is that more or less than 316s? Camera guy? Okay. Is 530 seconds more or less than 316s? You're right. It's 130. He didn't even answer, did he? Saving his butt. It's pretty, it's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty close. It's 130 seconds less than. It's, yeah. a, it's a pretty good gap. It's 30 seconds over an eighth. And yes, you can. You bet. The heavier the material helps. The, yeah. I wouldn't want to do it on do it on no thin wall stuff, but yeah, uh, it's it's doable. Certainly doable. That's when you get that Texas TIG out. Uh here, time oh sixty ten route. I was gonna say I'd do those all day long with TIG. Sixty ten, yeah, dang sure can. Stitch. Maybe that's stitch and stop. I don't like doing them downhill, I can tell you that right now. I don't like doing the big gaps downhill. I'd rather fit downhill tight stick the rod in there, bend it, and grab for the coffee cup while you're running it, you know? Any chance we can see some semi-automatic sub-arc? Well, sub-arc is semi-automatic. Actually, some sub-arc is automatic. Can you read that name there on that platform, TikTok? It's a... Uh, it Dotto something Gaming YT? Is it? Yeah, Dodo Gaming YT. Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't have subarc equipment here. We have the power. We have we have four eighty three phase. Do we not? We do. We don't have that equipment here. We do have the footprint, although we need to do some rearranging and whatnot. I never had it at the college that I was at because we didn't have the footprint and we didn't have the power. But it's one of those processes that's easily taught in house. If you if you go to work for an employer that uses subarc, you can easily train on it after you've been running like wire feeds and flux cores and stuff like that it's it's just all about travel speeds and amperages and what what you can get away with uh jason becker had one over here at valencia we did some filming over there on that machine we don't have it uh we, I'm, that's not to say we won't have it in the future but uh we just don't have it right now, now. what what kind of uh industry or product so would our, that be Useful. Have you seen uh, like propane tanks? It's that big dome head on the end and then mm -hmm. the tube and everything. That weld is like wide, yeah. but it's super smooth and perfect. That's a sub arc weld. That's where you see that. Mm -hmm. 
it's rolling, it's continuous controlled wire or uh, rolling speed, whatnot. It's high amperage. Your arc is submerged in a blanket of, 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 of flux. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. a lot of people think that it's yeah. uh, underwater type yeah. stuff, but it's like welding. Like this is your wire, yeah. and bef before you start welding, it, you, granulated easy. flux is around here. Yeah. So your flux can do a lot of things: deoxidizers, alloying elements, mm -hmm. and all kinds of. There's a lot of chemistry going on there, you know, and large diameter wire. A lot of deposition, fast deposition rates, but again, super smooth welds. Mm -hmm. Some of these old timers, man, they're welding on quarter inch thick plates and they can they can get it where it's real close to being full pin, maybe even full pin. Background a little bit, put a weld in there and boom, you're you're full pin mm -hmm. all the way. So um Next we're going to the weld.com app. Yeah, the yeah. app, I'm sure somebody on there runs subarc all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing about the app, you know sharing that info and those experiences you're that's where you're going to find it uh 532 yeah every time i see that i cringe you know that's a beast i hope that answered that again you know somebody that does sub arc comment if you're a member of the the app thing please you need to get on there anyway so you need to download the app and get on there you can share some experiences and some advice we certainly appreciate it share the knowledge and everything share the love we're going to whatsapp any pointers to help with horizontal stick welds? Did you read that one earlier? Yeah. That's oh, sheepdog. that's right. That's right. Yeah. You were jumping around there. Mm -hmm. So sheepdog been taken care of. Mm -hmm. Kind of, sort of. So again, again, if somebody's just jumping onto this, uh, again, horizontal stick welds, kind of everybody's least favorite. I wouldn't, I'm not a proponent of weaving in the horizontal. I might use a slight J to stack some material in there, but short, steady arc, watch the weld pool. You, you're in control. You make the weld pool do what you want it to do. As my good friend Hamar Aguilo used to say, no, nah, no, nah, mm -hmm. I'm in control. I'll make it do what I want to do. I miss that old. So you don't want any, uh, any isolation whatsoever. It's just a straight vertical. Well, it depends on your, on the stick welding. It depends on what electrode you use. Cause obviously some of them are going to lay down, you know, like a, a 7018, 8018, 9018 and the nickel stuff. You, if you're trying to stack a whole bunch uh, with the low hydrogen rods, I would not uh, do a lot of motion. It's just a straight stringer bead. Smoother the better. Less chance of trapping slag or doing anything weird. Undercut. Under is you know your top. Top part of your weld, top part of your arc is wanting to undercut and horizontal. That's a problem. Tips of welding stainless steel butt welds. Andrea Cole, 74800. That looks, that looks like Oklahoma to me. That's the Oklahoma zip code. Stainless steel butt welds. Yep. Didn't it, didn't specify plate or pipe or what type of material. You guys were running some. May have to back end. purge. I just got attacked by a piece of filler wire. You got the grip in the other day, didn't you? Uh, well, I had, there was a piece of pipe over here a minute ago. We don't want to pull that out because that is an experiment for an individual. But anything stainless steel butt welds, either beveled, open root, if it's thin enough that you can melt the material, you're going to have to... You're, the material is going to oxidize on the back side. If it's open root, you're going to be purging, back purging. If it's thin material and you're hot enough to do a melt back there, you're going to have to purge. So that's kind of a, a tough one to answer. I don't know what type of butt weld you're doing, but right off the bat, I would say, you know, make sure that you're purging. If you are in uh, if you're in piping or plate that's beveled don't be scared of the keyhole once it creates once it starts just put some wire in it dab some wire in it and practice so that you know the timing and what's going to happen uh, i encourage you to do that when you get the hang of it man you put them in there they look like a wedding band they're so so smooth and so there's so many people that are damn good at it because they do it a lot you know, I did a fair amount of it, but I didn't do it uh, enough where I felt like I was really good, you know. Um, so practice, 
learn from others and watch some people have been doing it a while. There's some, definitely some tricks to it. Gap is not necessarily the whole ticket. Stainless steel moves around quite a bit. It shrinks. And so your tack placement, your heat, how much you're trying to carry and all that, that matters a bunch. Where are we at? Tips on 7018. Vertical, vert vertical up versus stringer. And that is Logan Moss 24. That looks good. Stringer versus weave. That's a, that's a good controversy for you. Stringer versus weave. At what point do we continue to weave a 7018? And some people just absolutely go ballistic if you weave at all. I can't believe that myself. I mean, I grew up in the era of, let me tell you a little bit about my background. You guys want to challenge me? Uh, be careful. You know, I was one of those that took classes on on metallurgy and physics and stuff. We tore stuff up. Mm -hmm. We recorded the numbers. I know what's stronger and what's weaker. And a stringer bead is not necessarily stronger than a weave. And I'll argue that all day long. And people get a hold of this and they're like a bulldog because they heard it. They heard it somewhere. Oh, okay. Well, you heard it from your boss or somebody <laughs> and now it's stronger. Okay, go with it. Why don't you run the formula for for uh, heat input. Go pull up the formula for heat input before you contact me and want to argue. I know what it is. Gee whiz, it's the amount of time that you spend on a weld. You go back into it with multiple stringers. Are you pouring more heat into that? If I do a weave and I'm done, mm -hmm. I'm going to the house, man. I'm drinking beer. You guys are still out there doing stringer beads. Now, which one's stronger? Well, the tips on that is kind of know where you're at, <clears throat> know what your limits are, but the first thing you need to pay attention to is what's required from your employer. What's the WPS say? Mm -hmm. That's the whole deal. I mean, you might be a golden arm at doing stringer beads and make them all look like a machine ran them in there, but that's not what your employer wants. WPS says you got to weave it mm -hmm. or vice versa. So you need to yep. know how to read those and pay attention to those. And then after that, the tips on it, tips on vertical up, keep a short, steady arc. Pay attention to your amperage. Watch the weld pool down below. I always look at the weld pool below the rod and I watch the edges. I never weave outside of a groove. I do not like weaving outside of a groove. I like watching the red weld metal come around and wash that out and I go across same way. It's just, and I like to, I don't like going up in big vertical or big diagonal steps. I like going in there and just kind of smoothly going back and forth. It makes the slag come to the top in the yeah. middle, less chance of trapping anything. I've, I do have one other tip. I do have one other tip and it's a man, it's a subtle, subtle thing. But if you have ever been on some material where you it tends to undercut on a, on a vertical weave, when you, when you come to one side and you're pausing and waiting for that weld metal to come around, if you can do just a very slight tuck, just down, come back over and this is with a short arc too. come back over do the same thing I mean it's so subtle but I've I've won a lot of contests doing that just by the consistency of the bead and no undercut and some metals they look clean and you weld along mind your own business yep. it's like they just kind of fall out and they they're prone to undercut that little technique right there I can't believe I just shared that with the world <laughs> golly uh that right there may that may make or break a, a welder a contest or something short steady arc that's the whole thing about 7018. I like to point mine slightly downhill. There's a lot of people that say you can't run 7018 unless you're pointing it slightly uphill. Come at me. We'll, we'll, we'll play. We'll have a contest. I, I mean, that's just me. I like to do it because I, I mean, I like the way it runs. I like the way it directs itself into the parent metal. That's just it. <coughs> and the next question was from Ryan BJ16 that says, can you weave a 7018 rod or will you trap slag? You can weave it, but there are limits. Pay attention to what the text says. It says two or three times the, the outside diameter, or the, I'd say the core wire of the rod. So if you have a an eighth inch 7018, you know, how much can you weave it? I don't like weaving it more than, you know, moving it. What is that, three eighths? Or, yeah, just that's, the, that's quite a bit because the three eighths, you're moving it three eighths. You're welding way bigger than three eighths. <coughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Again, short, steady arc. 
I wouldn't be lifting up. I got a funny story about that, the motion that you use. Nobody's asking anything about motion and technique, but when I was coming up, uh, the textbook, and I still get a kick out of the text. Some of these textbooks are written. They'll give you all these motions, you know, the yep. figure eight and all this stuff. And they'll give you this motions like this big old U and everything. That one's wrong, mm -hmm. man. Stay away from that one. Uh, it's actually just the opposite and crunch it down. It's a, it's a subtle upside down eyebrow type, you know, that's all it is. I, I get a kick out of the one that says it's a small rectangle and then a big one and then a small one. I shit, I get, I don't know which one I'm on. You know, I get, I get all dyslexic and I got ADD under the hood and everything else. And I forget which one I'm on, but you know what? Here's the deal. You run all those different motions and you go by and you, you, you try to guess which one's which. They all look the same. I mean, the ripple pattern hardly matters at all. The, the thing about 7018 is don't use a lot of big steps. You don't, you never want to, you never want to whip out and try to come back to it and all that. Just stringer beads or short study arc when you're doing any of those filling techniques there with the 7018 rod. Ryan BJ 16, that was for you. What am I doing for Halloween? Any cool builds? Vez. Halloween. Vez. Who's Vez? At Vez. Who's that? What? Vez. Uh, let's see. You'd probably do a geodesic fire pit thing for a couple thousand dollars. Two thousand. That's good. Build one for two thousand. Uh, what are we going to put in it? Cats and scary figures. and Yeah, we could do some cool builds, maybe. Mm -hmm. Braid some wires and make something. We got to do something functional and cool for Halloween. When yeah, is Halloween? Is October 31st. Is it fall on the 31st? I mean, yeah, is it, it what, falls on what, a... Everybody celebrates it. On Saturday or Monday, actually. Okay. I got, a, I got a kid. I know it's the last day of the month. I always yeah. forget, though. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what we can yeah. do to do a, a build of sorts. I was, you know, my wife wants me to do this elaborate, big old thing in the in the yard, and I'm just, no, I'm not going to have time for it. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to, I'm going to cut out images. It could be, you know, the cat, it could be the moon, it'd be little witch. They're going to be like this big and I'm going to stick them in the yard and put a light silhouette and silhouette it on my cast. Oh, it just, they, that, then that's going to be, that's those going to be the fun. Halloween decorations. Real simple. I'm thinking about taking the bar and the chain off my steel chainsaw, you know, start it up and just chase people around. They don't know what's on it. Of course, I might get shot doing that. You never know. Uh, here's one from uh, Greg Richardson. Says, how old are you? Well, that's some more of your business. <laughs> you know, I'm, I feel. Put it this way, Gregor. Some days I feel like I'm. I'm gonna get up, to uh, kick butt, and take names. And before I get out of bed, I'm done. <laughs> I'm my butt's kicked. You know, I feel. Some days I feel old. Some days I feel 64. How about that for an answer? Um, every bit of born 1958. Do the math. Been welding since 1974. Learn something every day. Still, still learning. That's why. That's the only reason I keep going. Still learn something. You know. Here's one from old Weldon Oki, same dude that kind of developed these old. Have you worn these? There's a good ad for him. Old game changers. You will not feel too much heat coming through that finger over there. Oh yeah. Set that yeah, down on the, Set that down on hot metal. You won't yeah. feel it. It's actually really comfortable. Damn it's not fine glove right there called Game Changers through yeah. Blue Demon. Not bulky at all. And Garrett's Garrett helped develop that product there and get it to market and everything. He's a hell of a hand on the TIG wires too. And from what I hear, he has a hard time meeting up. You know, even though he's a hundred something miles away, we we're having a hard time meeting up. Am I going to Fabtech? I guess I will if I'm going to meet you because can't get it can't get her done in Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm going to Fabtech, and I'll be uh, be working multiple entity multiple booths and whatnot, working the floor. I guess I'm doing some demos for, uh, doing some demos at Everlast, working with Edge, Welling Supply, working with uh, Blue Demon, working with Weld.com, and working with Let's Weld Something. God dang, I'm so, getting... so why don't they just call it Bob Tech? Hey, you don't want to do that. Why not? I don't want to do that. That's not, that's not cool. That's not cool. Let's go on to the next question quickly, <laughs> please. What do you think the coolest welding job out there? Wonder Woman welds. Man, I said that quick. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it again that fast. Wonder Woman welds. 
the coolest welding job out there, the one that satisfies you and the one that you are passionate about, mm -hmm. that's my answer. Yep. I don't care if you go to work in a dress shirt and tie and laser weld all day long on jewelry or aircraft or whatever, or you go to work and you weld on uh, poop tubes for weld.com and, yeah. and TIG, Texas TIG and do all that rusty nasty. It's the one that you have passion about, the that's one that you don't, that you don't think is a job, the one that you're, mm -hmm. that's what you want to do and your heart's into it. That's the coolest welding job out there. That's the one right mm -hmm. there. Whether you're an entrepreneur, you build badass drum sets and all that stuff. I mean, that was, that didn't feel like a job when you were building that, did it? No, it actually That's freaking cool. Yeah. You know, and then you what you you get other jobs on top of that. Yeah. Uh yeah, those are the cool jobs. Mm -hmm. The ones that you gotta God laboriously pain through and you know it's gonna be a you know it's gonna be hard and you know it's not gonna be rewarding and you mm -hmm. just drudge through those. Those are the ones you hang your head over. And those are not cool, I don't think. Nope. So my answer would be the ones you're passionate about. Yep. I mean, I could sit down and repair something for somebody and ask, what do I owe you? You don't owe me anything, you know? I'll either get you on the next one or the smile on your face thinking that I couldn't repair it. That's enough for me. I don't I don't need anything, really. Actually, I need cash. I need a tour bus and a, an Exxon card. And, That's what and I need. Bob, yeah, Bob Tech's not going to pay for itself. <laughs> I know it. I know it, man. I got to move my, track, my tools around. and I need somebody to pimp my truck. That's what I need. That sounds like a got project. Got the old 12 Dodge Cummins with a 300,000 miles on it. She runs, but she's a little loose, you know. Tell me, we got a lot of room in here. We could uh, definitely make that into a project. Yeah. Well, I, see, if somebody pimp it out, I'd, I'd rip for them. I'd, they could wrap it. They could do whatever they wanted to with it. It was white. Now it's kind of a rust color. It's got a little patina hmm. on it. But I still drive it. Yeah. And I'd, I'd drive it all over the country if I could. I used to make it from where I was there in Northern Oklahoma, Southern Kansas, right smack in the center from I-35 all the way out to Vegas in one shot. One shot. I mean, one drive, not staying overnight. I'd make it to my parents' house in South Texas in one tank of fuel, hmm. 700 plus miles. That's about that's about how much rain. Because you're going downhill. No, nah. it's because I had just better fuel back in those <laughs> days. But the truck still runs, I just need it to, you know, I still need it. It's just thinking of uh, bring back, you know, uh, good fuel and everything else. So obviously with all the new inverters and the new technology, not taking away, you know, what's well, out there now, back old school, what's, what was the, like your preferred machine back in the seventies? See that blue machine over there on the wall, halfway up the wall on that storage rack? Synchrowave? That is a Miller ABP 330. Right, they called them a round top gold star. That's a transformer. That's a damn fine power source for stick and TIG. It ran AC. I had a female student that could weld 035 aluminum in a fillet weld and not melt through the backside. That's like that copper sheet right there in front of you. I mean, she was so good at that. It, it had a lot of control for some reason. Just a super smooth machine. I ran in the field, I liked the Lincoln engine drives, SAs. In the shop, I liked uh, those. I liked uh, sinker waves. I liked the uh, Miller always had superior wire feed. I, I learned on a CP200. Anybody out there knows what that is. CP third letter in alphabet, three phase, CP, and then 200, 200 amp. That was the one where you crank the old dial. You're yep. moving a you're moving a yep. coil past yep. a coil to change voltage. Yep. And it had the analog meters, you know. And they you'd, you'd set it on the scale over here as you're as you're cranking it. You got a scale that comes up. You set it at about 24, but that's not what you were welding at. That's open circuit voltage, <laughs> and you had that drop to it, you know. These days, when you mention inverters, they don't drop much at all, yep. and it says. This says you're gonna you set it at 17.8. That's yeah. damn close to what you're gonna get because of the solid state electronics. It's taking that input power, doing its thing with it, chopping it into high frequency, rectifying it, spitting it out, and it's not gonna deviate very much at all. I can tell you this: back in the old days, when I go to work, if I went to work early, early in the morning before a lot of people got up, my machine ran a little crispy. You know, it was all there. 
but later in the day when everybody got up and and uh you know you're doing your hair dryer and i was making coffee and the microwaves running and all that the power draw on the grid was was you weren't getting that full output so you had to turn your machine up a little bit hmm. these days you don't do it they get yeah. power compensation factor within certain amount and it's there all the time so it's, you know it's fascinating what's changed over the years uh i've seen a lot of changes and a lot of it has to do with the machines not necessarily materials yep. uh, granted there's advancements in technology but it the the majority of all the changes is driven around the the like the inverter technology what we do with solid state electronics what we do with the filler metal and manipulate the arc. Mm -hmm. It's all about speed and efficiency, and it needs to be. But so that's that's kind of what we've seen. We look forward to more Q and A's there. Although I talk too damn much, don't I? Well, everyone's been. I've been wanting to talk to you. Like so, when I first got to Weld.com, you were here for. You were here, and the next thing you know, like. Well, oh yeah, where did Bob go? Bob was Bob was was mad at me or we something. We met we met yeah. over at the over at the music store. That yep. was cool. Yep. That I still want to go over there and just walk around that place. That was fascinating. Mm -hmm. I was sending pictures to my buddy, all my buddies that play instruments. I'd walk over along the wall and shoot a whole wall of guitars yep. or a whole wall of saxophones or something. That was fascinating. Mm -hmm. And then your drum set was sitting in there, and that was that that was the highlight of the whole damn room. That was not a small room. No. That was kind of cool. And then, yeah, we just kind of parted there and, and, uh, here yeah, back. I mean, back. I've been back and forth so many times and make your head spin. I want to come back down and do some, do some more collaborations. I want to do some builds with some folks. I think Vez wants to learn how to TIG weld on mm -hmm. her own and she can run TIG silicon yeah. bronze on, on a, she a wants build to make for some... herself for Halloween. Yeah. So somebody's going to have to get her some PPE mm -hmm. to get her out here in the shop. You know, mm -hmm. let's do it. All right. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you watching.